From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down everything in District 4, week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey. Let's bring on the real reason everybody came to the show tonight, though. And that is Scott Burton. Uh, no, check that. Roy Hobbs in the house tonight. All right, all right, all right, right. I have my daughter get... here on the floor, and she just punched me in the leg, so I think I'm done. <laughs> we're we're going to get flagged for copyright infringement. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If that's, the, if that's the worst, or the, no, I can't say that's the worst. I can do a lot worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are we uh, doing, Brandon? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. Uh, we are recording this prep cast Wednesday night, May 11th, so... As we're talking, you know, some games are in progress tonight. Some have gone final. This is kind of like, it's like IdahoSports.com after dark. You're getting the behind the scenes uh, look at, you know, how we do everything and we get the scores every night. So this will be kind of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. A couple of finals from some of these brackets, uh, at least in forays that I have, have already come in. So, yeah, that's uh, exciting. I might jot those down as you're going through them and uh, put yeah. add, them to, add them to our brackets. Um, okay. Okay, so for those that are watching the video of this at IdahoSports.com or uh, the Facebook page or YouTube channel, each week uh, Scott likes to come on as a different fictional movie character, typically from a baseball movie, and you are representing Roy Hobbs from The Natural tonight. Yes, I am. I uh, had to think about what I wanted to wear tonight. I mean, I've already done Chico's Bail Bonds, um, <clears throat> already did um, uh, There's No Crying in Baseball. And so this one just seemed like since we're still in softball, baseball season, this is what's left. I mean, I have a, a plethora of football jerseys ready to go for the fall. So uh, awesome. I, I may even have a, a, a Hoosiers hickory jersey tucked away for basketball season. Fantastic. Is it Ollie? I or I, well, I can't give you all of what I okay. have. I, I, right. I don't have a singlet, though, for wrestling. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that part. That might be the last show we ever do. But Yeah, the censors might really come out after us. Uh, yeah, that either happens. that or we go pay-per-view. I'm not real sure. Well, that could be more lucrative. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, the last time we were on, Scott, we were kind of previewing all of these district brackets for baseball and softball. And now uh, we, we've got a week's worth of results to go over. A lot of bids to state have already been snapped up. Some are still being determined. I will yeah. say this. The district postseason time has been as wild and unpredictable as we thought going in. No, it has. It's just been as uh, unpredictable as the weather. And uh, the weather has played a part in a lot of these tournaments and you know it's 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 funny how that that works because you know i mean i, I i'm a baseball guy and you know and i played in college and and people react differently to weather and i was a left-handed pitcher right and, and i'll tell you what i had the hardest time throwing in in cold weather or depending on kind of where the the bump and the, or the, you know, how the battery was set up, where was the wind blowing? I mean, was it blowing against my breaking stuff or, or what was going on? And so that plays a part in, in this, especially in baseball, 
you know, uh, from, from a pitcher's perspective. So this spring has been no different. It's been absolutely nuts. I mean, mother nature has been throwing temperatures out there like their lottery numbers, you know, it's been crazy. Yeah. It's, it's been all over the place and uh, very frustrating for athletic directors, coaches, and broadcasters that are trying to make plans. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let, let's, uh, what I'm going to do, if you're watching the video version of this at IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel or Facebook page, I'm going to share my screen and we'll put those brackets up on the screen so you can follow along, maybe make your screen, your video player full screen size. So it's easier to see the brackets. Uh, if you're listening audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, you can still follow along. We have all the district softball and baseball brackets on our homepage at idahosports.com. But let's start with softball because that's been more unpredictable than baseball. And we'll start with the 4A Great Basin Conference. Here's the bracket as it stands. Let's kind of recap how everything started. It started last Saturday where uh, Twin Falls, the one seed, and Wood River, the two seed, or excuse me, Mountain Home, the two seed, Mm -hmm. got first round buys. And then you had number four, Jerome, against number five, Burley, and number three, Wood River, against number seven, Minico. Minico beat Canyon Ridge in the play in game seven to two. So in that opening round, Jerome barely got past Burley six to five, and then Wood River defeated Minico eight to four, and that set up these two these two semifinals that were played immediately after the first game. So for Jerome and, and Wood River, they were playing games back-to-back. Wood River falls to Mountain Home, the two seed, 11 to one. And here is the most shocking result. And this was the talk of the Magic Valley this past week in sports. There's no doubt about it. Not the fact that Jerome upset top seeded Twin Falls, but it's the way they did it in a 15 to four victory, Scott. Very impressive. Yeah, it was incredibly impressive. And, and you know, when you follow both of these teams, it was impressive, but you can, you get it. And here's why you get it. You know, the first time that these guys played um, was over a twin. And all these games have been played on the same field. So they're not changing venues, anything like that, if, if, if that means anything. The first game of a doubleheader in the regular season, which was a little bit later in the year, Twin Falls blasted Jerome 16-2, to two, right? Well, the second half of that doubleheader, Twin Falls throws uh, their ace for part of it. And... Jerome hits the ball and they had a 10 to two lead at one point and ended up losing 12 to 10. But I remember being kind of on the outside of their huddle after the game, listening to kind of what coach Huddleston was saying and and listening to the reaction of the girls, because, you know, you can tell a lot by the way a team reacts and the way that they reacted to that was if they get a chance to go against twin again, they have some confidence. And it really is difficult to beat a good team three times, right? And and so there was that going for them. Well, before that happened, they had to get to Burley or get through Burley. And Burley, man, what a fight they put up. Uh, that thing was tied in the sixth inning, and Burley dang near tied it up in the seventh. Jerome got three runs in the top half of the frame, or at least the bottom half of the sixth, rather. Top of the seventh throws around. Burley gets two. And you're like, holy cow, we may be going to extras here. But there just wasn't a lot of offense. And so from that perspective, you thought, you know what? If Jerome can get out of Burley, and they did, and they go up against Twin, there are a lot of hits left on this Jerome team. Because hitting the ball has never been an issue. 
uh, for Jerome. In fact, for the Tigers, the last five games, they're averaging over 13 runs a game. You know, and that does include that Burley game. And so you knew that they were going to hit the ball. The problem wasn't that. The problem was, could they have the defense to back it up? Because that's really been the Achilles heel. They're averaging about four errors a game. And in that doubleheader, Burley twin, two the entire day. That is what made the difference. They were going to hit the ball without a question. But uh, the defense is really what brought it home for the Tigers and pulled the upset. Now they have to go to Mountain Home tomorrow, a team that they've lost to twice, two close games, uh, 9-7 to seven and 13-10, to 10. and uh, also a team that Jerome beat in the opening round last year in an upset. And so you're thinking, man, this ought to be a good one. Tomorrow for the district title in Mountain Home, first pitch scheduled at 5 o'clock. And so let's talk about – the job isn't done for either Jerome or mountain home, right? Uh, if you win, you're assured to spot at state. If you lose, you got to go back through that back half of the bracket and there's no guarantee you're going to get that second bid state, uh, on the no, back. And, and waiting oh, for you is a very angry twin falls team. Possibly. Or, you know, it could be, could be somebody else too. I, I think. Would, well, would river may have something to say about that. Would river and Burley play yeah. tomorrow winter place twin right after in that, weird doubleheader thing, and then the winner of that will play the loser of Jerome and Mountain Home. Now, you have to think that Twin would have to be the one getting there, the number one seed, right? Not that they can't be beaten because they have. Jerome is a four seed and just absolutely creamed them. You know, so who knows? But if Twin does get there, they're going to be a very angry ball club. <laughs> I, I would not want to be the loser of that that district championship game. I'll, I will say that um, there's no guarantee that whoever loses that Jerome Mountain Home gets that second bid to state. So it's kind of a precarious spot mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, and again, championship is tomorrow. Uh, let's move to the three A ranks, where this one was about as unpredictable as we said, Scott. Uh, we talked about all year these four teams: Gooding, Filer, Buell, and Kimberly in softball all beat up on each other. There was really no consensus as to who the favorite was. And look at this. Last Wednesday, as we got done recording, number four Kimberly knocks out number one Gooding, five to three in the opening round. And then it was an upset delight. Number three Buell knocks off number two Filer, five to three. You had a four and a three playing in the undefeated semifinal. Gooding uh -huh. and Filer playing in a loser out game on Friday night. Yeah, I mean – we talked about this in earlier podcasts, just draw numbers for the seeding in this tournament because one through four could do it. Kimberly ended up being the four seed and they were the preseason favorite. And a lot of people thought they would actually run away with it. And uh, they didn't. Matter of fact, they finished with the sub 500 record on the season, the 10 and 14, two and five in their conference. And Filer was kind of the dominating team in this, going right behind them. Buell is one of those teams that got hot at the right time. And uh, boy, did they. I mean, pulled the upset on Filer, who ended up being the district champion, but they had to do it the hard way. And uh, man, what a, what a great tournament this turned out to be. Yeah, so you get to that undefeated semifinal game Friday night. Number four, Kimberly. Number three, Buell. Buell wins that game three to one. And 
on the other side Friday night in a loser out game. Number two, Filer knocks out number one, Gooding, 11 to one. That's so heartbreaking for that Gooding team. We we talked about them, did a yeah. podcast about that Gooding team uh, earlier this season. Uh, a fun, spirited bunch. They like to talk in British accents out on the field. <laughs> and they're the number one yeah. seed and they go two and out. It's just heartbreaking for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's really tough to get that number one target on your back in, in a conference that really doesn't have a clear cut number one. You know, it, it just adds a little bit of fuel to fires, gets people fired up a little bit more. You know, and you'd have to think that Kimberly out of that number that first game against Gooding was like, you know what, we have so underperformed. All we have to do is perform for a couple of games and, and the whole regular season is lost. And so they started well with the win over Gooding and then Gooding just never got it together again. I, I don't know if they were reeling uh, after that loss to Kimberly, but they got blasted by Filer, um, 11-1. And that set up then uh, another loser out game between Filer and Kimberly. And Filer, I feel like kind of they've got a veteran coach in Buck Taylor, and uh, they kind of righted the ship, right? They knocked out Kimberly 11-6, to and that set up this uh, district championship game, uh, Filer against Buell. And... Um, Filer won that first game 10 to one and that set up, we don't have it on our bracket here, but that set up the second, if necessary game tonight for the district title. And this was a big one because the winner gets an automatic spot to state and right. the loser has to, to fight via a play in game against Payette. So, yeah, you know, and, and you look at this Buell Filer matchup, I mean, they played five times, you know, this year, Filer winning three of them, but the two that they lost to Buell, Filer had absolutely no run output at all, no run support whatsoever. Losing seven to five, losing five to three. Yeah, that's that, that might be Coach Taylor calling you right now, asking for some <laughs> advice. I can I can do for you, bud, but uh, just score more runs. How's that? Right. Um, I mean, either way, I I like I like two teams from District Four to get to state. Um, one via the play-in game, one via the district championship. So Filer uh, yeah, and Buell still fighting there. Let's move to the, the Canyon Conference the, the in softball, the two-team affair between Declo and Wendell. There wasn't much drama here, Scott. We kind of thought going in. Declo, I mean, they beat Wendell four times in the regular season. They win both games 14-4 to four and 15-5. to five. The real drama is can Declo now win this state play-in game? Just because they won the conference in the district doesn't mean they get to go to state. They have to win a play-in game against Bear Lake, who uh, actually went into their district as the number three seed, and they they knocked off number two seed Westside to uh, get to this play-in game. So, yeah, there's the, uh, the kind of the penalty of having a two-team conference, you know, and then also a conference really that you never got challenged in. So what do you know? I mean, Declo averaging winning those games with Wendell, I think 17 to seven overall. I mean, really not close. One of them, a 24 to 18 pitchers duel, uh, but double run out outputs for Declo in every single game, 24, 14, 15, 17, 14. They can put the runs on the board and they did against Wendell, but Wendell's five and 11, you know? So if, if you're going to hang your hat on, Hey, we're that good because we beat the snot out of Wendell, then Bear Lake may shock you if you're not ready to step up again a little bit. Bear Lake's a team that's got the pedigree, right? They've got the history of being a good softball program, but they they're young. And I, 
I do kind of lean Declo in this playing game. That'll be Saturday uh, at OK Ward Park in Pocatello, uh, yep. 1 p.m. first pitch. And good luck to the Hornets as they try to uh, get the state the hard way. Let's move over to baseball and let's let's start at 2A and work our way up since we're in the Canyon Conference and talking about two team affairs here. Uh, this is Wendell and Declo again, but this time in baseball. And, you know, good on Declo for making it a series. We thought, you know, Wendell won the regular season title. Wendell will probably sweep it 2-0. Wendell won the first game 5-3. to Declo comes back and wins the second game 11-9, to which set up the uh, third and final game last night. But Wendell kind of said, all right, uh, like the lion that plays with its dinner, I've had enough, and they win 18-4. to Yeah, I mean, just kind of flipped the script a little bit with the softball and the baseball part of things. You know, Wendell with a, an impressive regular season, 14-3 and three on, the, on, the, on the season. But you know what I like about this? is that Wendell kind of got punched in the mouth by Declan 11 to nine, and then had to play in a loser out for your season game. And that was not supposed to happen, you know, but I think that could come back to help Wendell, you know, uh, coach Hurd is, we talked about him a little bit. He's, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing, but we also understand that sometimes when you just get, punched in the face a little bit when you're not supposed to, it wakes you up. And now you know what it feels like to play for your season. Right. And so now you're going to do it again, but the feeling isn't going to be as strange. So I think that might help Wendell in the long run. Definitely. And now Wendell advances to a state play in game as well, like their softball counterparts from Declo. Uh, Any guesses on the opponent, Scott? Uh, Could it be Bear Lake? It is Bear Lake. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so uh, a, a Bear Lake double dip on Saturday for teams from the Magic Valley. Uh, that will be Saturday at Hallowell Park in Pocatello, which is a great venue for a baseball game. Um, and oh, yeah. again, I, I like Wendell. Um, Bear Lake's a team that's scuffled a little bit and they're kind of a younger team. And so I, I do like Wendell in that matchup as well. So we'll see. I do too. Go, go Trojans. Go Trojans. Be fun to see them at state. You know, Declos kind of had a run on this conference the last couple of years. So it's nice to see Wendell uh, breaking through with some success. Yep. All right. Here is uh, 3A, District 4, the uh, SCIC. And this one kind of went according to Chalk. Yep. Num- number one, Kimberly beats number four, Gooding, 15 to two. Number two, Filer beats number three, Buell, five to two. Um, number one, Kimberly over number two, Filer in a tight championship game two nothing, but Kimberly gets to state and they are going to be one of the favorites. I think along with Marsh Valley, those are kind of the two big, and we talked about Kimberly and Marsh Valley played twice at the end of the regular season. Marsh Valley won both games three to two. And those are kind of the, the co-favorites I think going into the state three a, Oh, no question about it. Marsh Valley, the number one team in three a Kimberly, the number two team in three a played to, played each other twice late in the season. Uh, Kimberly with that fantastic 20-3 and three record, two of those losses to Marsh Valley. You know, and people that are looking at the 3A bracket and our broadcasters are going to be calling it. it. This one is on a crash course for Kimberly versus Marsh Valley. And uh, with those two close games, you know, it, and I, I always look at it from a, from a weird coaching perspective. It's like, okay, you can look at it. One of two ways, you know, Marsh Valley, uh, you Kimberly can't beat us. We've already beaten them twice. And now maybe Kimberly's thinking, geez, we can't beat Marsh Valley, you know, whatever. Or they're saying, you know what? We can beat that team. We got a little chip on our shoulder now. 
you know. So it, it's funny how teams respond to losses. And like we just got done talking about with Wendell losing one they shouldn't have, Kimberly may have a little bit of extra uh, motivation if they were to meet in the state title game because they know they can beat this team. And, you know, according to their coaching staff, they said that they learned a lot about themselves playing Marsh Valley and uh, didn't play like they wanted to, but only lost three to two both times. So it's going to be interesting. I, I look forward to this matchup if it does transpire. Yeah, I'm going to be broadcasting the 3A state tournament. So I'm very excited to watch this all unfold. I, now, I will say you peek too far down the road. 3A baseball is going to bite you in the butt. Marsh Valley last year at state. Oh, yeah. Uh, thought, well, we're going to get to the championship. Weezer knocked him out with a walk-off home run in the first uh, game of the tournament. And Weezer went on to win the whole thing. So you never yeah, know. No, that's very true. So <laughs> how is Marsh Valley going to you know respond to that? I mean, obviously, they lost some players to graduation. But, you know, the coaching staff is like, we cannot take anything for granted. Definitely not. And on the backside of the bracket – uh, you had Buell knock out Gooding 9-1, and then Filer beat Buell 14-4. So Filer now has a chance to play their yep. way into state. They will play. So it's kind of weird. Uh, Snake River and South Fremont will play each other tomorrow in a state play-in game, but that only gets them to another state play-in game. It's like <laughs> one and a quarter bids from their conference. Yeah. Um, if it's Snake River, I like Filer. If it's South Fremont, I, I think I like the Cougars. They've got a they've got a really good pitcher who was also their quarterback, Cayman Peebles, and of course, of course, uh, Coach Chad Hill. He's been coaching a long time at South Fremont. He's he's a good baseball coach. So, um, Filer, we'll wait and see. I guess. Yeah, more uh, baseball and softball action at Hallowell Park. That is going to be a busy, busy place this weekend. Yeah, Pocatello is going to be a, a, a busy spot for sure. All right, and let's wrap up, Scott, with the uh, Great Basin Conference, Class 4A. Uh, Burley beat Mountain Home in the play-in game last Thursday. Excuse me, Mountain Home beat Burley in the play-in game 6-1. to one, And then uh, had to play Minico in the opening round on Saturday and kind of pushed the Spartans a little bit. 11-8, um, Minico did hang on to win. In the other opening round game, you had number four, Jerome, over number five Canyon Ridge and Jerome won that one in a tight one, six to four. And then you get to the semifinals, just like in softball, you win that first game. Well, waiting for you. It's like the next level in a video game. You thought you beat it, but here's another bad guy coming through the door. And this time it's number one seed twin falls. They beat Jerome nine to two. Uh, and here was the big shocker in the other semifinal number three Minico over number two Wood River. We talked about this Wood River baseball team and what, you know, kind of a nice season they were having, and again, the fact that Minico beat Wood River isn't the surprising part. It's it's how they did it. They won 18 to 3 over the Wolverines. Yeah, and this was at Wood River on Wood River's home field, you know. So just to absolutely get blasted on your own field was not good for Wood River, you know, and they um, obviously are going to tomorrow uh, to wait the winner of Jerome and Canyon Ridge because Canyon Ridge beat Mountain Home tonight, eight to five. Grab your pen. Yeah, let me jot that down. <laughs> and so that means Canyon Ridge and Jerome will meet for the fourth time this year. And uh, it's been Jerome three and oh, but man, that, it's got to make you nervous if you're the Tigers, just because it's like, man, we got to beat Canyon Ridge again, you know? And so, here we go. 
but it's going to be that uh, that interesting Twin Falls Minico matchup, one versus three. You know, and when you think about Great Basin baseball, I mean, it's always Twin Falls and Minico at the top of the conversation. You know, they're usually one and two, the whole nine yards. And, you know, you look at both of these teams, and neither one of them are impervious to, you know, getting beaten any day of the week because they're not coming in with these incredible dominating records, even though Twin Falls is ranked in the latest poll, but with a record of 15 and 10, you know, so they're kind of right in the middle, but I think it's, I mean, a whole different discussion, but I think it's such a big difference between where Twin is and where some of those top two teams are, whether it's a Middleton or BK, whether it's whatever, but Twin Falls and Minico played twice Twin won them both, five to four, and then eight to four. So they have been battles, and I don't see this one being any different. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. That championship will be tomorrow. Um, winner will advance the state. Loser's going to have to fight it out between Jerome Canyon Ridge and Wood River. I I don't think Wood River's quite done yet. I think they'll they'll bounce back after really getting blown back in that semifinal game. So. Yeah, a lot to be determined still in the Great Basin Conference. That is for sure. Yeah, there um, is. And just like we talked about in the softball, the loser of that game is going to get a very angry Wood River team that feels that you know they've got a lot more to prove than that uh, 18 to 3 shellacking that they yeah. put up on this minute ago. It's crazy how in softball and baseball in this conference, the team that had a bye, had all the advantages just got waxed um mm -hmm. doesn't happen very often yeah no it doesn't it doesn't and uh it's really interesting to see how teams respond and i know i've said this a million times in a million different podcasts already but the psychology of sport is absolutely fascinating to me just because some teams take defeat and they turn it into to anger and vigor and they just punish you the next time they see you others just stick the tail between their legs and Toodle off to the corner and you never see him again. Yeah. So that's why the psychology of sport is fascinating to me. Especially high school where teenagers from day to day, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. So <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay. Uh, before we get out of here, let's do a little track talk. This, this was a big uh, story uh, last week, Burley. Uh, and, and the, you know, fans of this prep cast and certainly fans of uh, athletics in the Magic Valley will recognize these names, but the Searle sisters, uh, they, they play for Burley. They were part of that state championship basketball team uh, earlier this winter, and they're both outstanding track and field athletes, and they both signed with the Division One program, Weber State University, which is, by the way, not just a Division One program in the Big Sky Conference, but Generally speaking, they're one of the best, you know, two or three programs year in, year out in the big skies. So they're going to a good college program. Yeah, this was um, a really interesting story is how this came about, because, you know, I think the Searle sisters are three sport athletes, very successful in whatever they do. They're great students and they both have 4.0s and they have completed the CNA program uh, through their local tech center, completed the EMT program. I mean, these guys are, are scholars too. I mean, and really what they want to do is they want to go on into nursing. And so it, it really kind of got to a point where they didn't think they were ever going to get a chance. I mean, they were getting recruited. I think ISU was coming at it pretty hard, um, but they just weren't interested, you know, and they wanted that perfect fit to where they weren't soliciting 
for colleges either. You know, let's just be frank on that. It was just like, hey, we're focused in on academics mostly. Let's uh, let's go that route. And then they just kind of wrote off the whole possibility of, of maybe playing at the next level. And then spring break rolls around and they get a, a little bit of um, interest from Weber State. And so it was just kind of one of those things that, that fell into place. Um, and it was a week before spring break. And, uh, you know, they, they happened to go down and visit and they have a great nursing program. Uh, they got to meet the coach. They got to meet some players. And, and by the time they left, they had an offer on the table. It took them about a week to decide that, man, this happened for a reason. And uh, so they're headed off to Weber State to get what they wanted. And the, the, the number one thing for these guys, these girls, is the, their academics. They, they want to put a career ahead of them that they are going to be successful in because they have, they have already done so much schoolwork and so many credits towards this that if they were going to play college sports, it needed to be a fit in that. And so many times you see these athletes flip it around. You know, I'll take the sport and then I'll make the academics work. These guys were the complete opposite. They were like, we're making the academics. The sport better work for us. And that's what happened with Weber State. Yeah, it's a really cool deal that uh, they were able to use their athletic abilities as a facilitator to continue their college careers. It's Lindsay and Sydney Searle. And like I said, they, they've been key components, like you said, uh, key components of a lot of athletic success at Burley over their high school careers as well. So, yeah, you know, and, and they were both vital cogs in the, the girls state championship basketball team that they had this year. Um, but the, the, an interesting thing about the whole Searle family when it comes to sports and and basketball and whatever is that the the twins are the youngest of nine kids, right? Okay, so they've got six older brothers who all you know play basketball, and so what happened during this basketball season with the Searles was that you know the Searles parents and Coach Whiting they all got together and said, you know what, let's get and they called them the Searle brethren down to scrimmages all the time. And so they could always go against bigger, faster, stronger and get them more prepared, a little bit more physical into these teams that they're going to play. But one thing that was that really I found interesting was that these Searle brethren would get the game film from the opponent that Burley was going to play. And then the brethren would go learn their plays. And so they would show up and they would just be the other team. They would take on the identity of these players. And it, they started doing that in the district tournament, and, and it worked. And so these, these boys would be in the stands, almost coaching from the stands, telling them, hey, switch the screen. Here she comes. Stay home. Whatever. Because they knew every single play that they were going to run. And then they go to state, and um, they did the same thing when they played Middleton. It was like, they knew what they were going to run because the boys learned their plays and they went out and they just played with the girls and, and made them tougher and, and played against bigger, faster, stronger, but they knew what they were going to do Burley did. And so they felt that that was such a huge component as to why Burley um, had so much success in that state tournament is because of this, uh, the, the Searle brethren, they, they called themselves or the Cinco Searles. <laughs> whatever they have. 
And so that was a really interesting, fun little fact uh, about the Searle family. That's awesome. That the Searle brethren. That uh, yeah. it sounds like a, it's so noble. Um. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you know, and, and and the thing is, I mean, gosh, when when I when I was learning about their stories and everything else, and learning that they were the youngest and twins and whatnot. Um, I mean, anytime you've got brothers and sisters and, 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 a, and a gaggle of them, let alone you've got a twin. I mean, can you imagine the competition that was going on in this family that just kind of pushed everybody? Um, but the interesting thing about that one, too, is because when the girls got into to track, it, they had always been competitive with each other, right? I mean, you, you have a twin. So who, who played the most minutes, who scored the most points, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so when they got into track, and we'll kind of bring this back full circle because this is where it started was in track, this conversation, is that when they came to track, their parents told them that, hey, they are not allowed to do the same event because they want them not to compete against each other, but to find their own niche, you know? And so um, they both tried hurdles, right? And so it came very natural to Lindsay. She just gravitated toward hurdles and she became a hurdler. And, you know, she's uh, she runs the hurdle. 300, the 100, uh, she has a 14.9 PR in the 100 and the 45.75 in the 300. I mean, so she is doing very, very well. And, you know, but Sid tried the jumping and she became a natural at that. You know, plus she's got a, a little bit of an asthma thing. So she's got a, a little different set of circumstances, but she became a natural at the jumping, you know, um, and so it, they have each found a niche in the track world that they don't have to compare with each other, you know? And I thought that was really super interesting because, you know, when they got recruited, they could both do multiple things, um, but they were not going head to head with each other. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yes. Sydney's pretty good in the jumps. Lindsay kind of sticks to the track and it yeah. works. It works. What a what a cool story and what a neat deal for those athletes. Again, just adding to the list of Division One athletes from the Magic Valley. It's been it's been nothing short of incredible this year. Oh, it, it's it's been so much fun to cover these kids and 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 like I said, and I sound like a broken record at the every at the end of all these podcasts, but learning their stories is so cool because you know people get recruited all the time. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean the D one athletes here, but but every kid's got a story and every kid's got a journey and a set of circumstances and a reason why they're doing this and, and a family behind them and a support system or whatever. And to find out what those are, what those pieces are really kind of give a personality to these athletes and they become more than a number and a box score, you know, which is my favorite part is, is learning stuff behind what you're going to read or see in the paper or here on the news. Definitely. Uh, real quick, one more track note. This wasn't in the rundown, Scott, but we talked about earlier this year, the Bear Brothers from Kimberly, Jackson and Gatlin Bear, and the football offers continue to pile up for Gatlin. They've got a younger sister, Carly Bear. And she's a seventh grader, and she has been like nationally ranked, like nationally ranked in middle school times in some of the events she's ran this year. It's been incredible. She's only a seventh grader. She, she's coming up the pipeline. It's nuts. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be doing another feature uh, sometime in the near future on, a, on another bear. 
yeah, it just doesn't stop. So, um, so here's how the schedule is going to look for the next couple of prep casts here on the magic Valley prep cast next week. We're going to do our uh, state baseball preview, our live preview special. That'll be next Tuesday night. We'll bring on all the broadcasters for IdahoSports.com. Once again, we're we're proud to bring you every state baseball tournament, 5A all the way down to 1A. We'll do our live preview show next Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel and Facebook page. And that'll be the podcast for the week as well because then we've got to get ready for state baseball. And then we will come back in two weeks, Scott, and we'll do a huge breakdown of everything that happened at state track, tennis, baseball softball and we'll hit it all to kind of wrap up the school year yep and you are calling the 3a boys baseball tournament i'm calling the 4a boys baseball tournament uh so the things that we talk about here in the magic valley prep cast um we're going to talk about again uh coming up because you're going to see these you know 3a teams and these uh, kimberly filers and whatnot and uh and i'm going to see the Minico twin wood river jerome early whoever's there mountain home doesn't matter uh so it's going to be fun it's going to be a lot of fun no doubt. All right. Well, Scott, as always, thanks for all the time and work you put into this and, and big thanks to everybody out there who uh, tunes in each week as well. It's pretty consistently one of our most popular prep casts and we want to keep it that way. So absolutely. Smokey. Thanks you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, we'll get on out of here. We'll see you for the live preview show next Tuesday night until then. Thanks for listening to the magic Valley prep cast on Idaho